Welcome to Wellversed, where we bring biblical principles of governance to governmental leaders and you. This is the Wellversed podcast. I want to go to Ted Bear. Ted Bear is one of my, <laughs> he's one, if we're allowed to have favorite people, he's one of my favorite persons at all the earth. He is one of the most affirming, remarkable men. He grew up in Hollywood. His parents were movie stars. He knows Hollywood backwards and forward. He knows what God is doing. He doesn't give up on Hollywood like many have. He's fiercely committed to seeing Jesus alive and well in Hollywood. Uh, Ted Bear's wife, also a, a movie star in her own right, uh, just passed away not all that long ago. It's a tremendous loss for Ted. And he's been doing, uh, Ted, you've been doing remarkably well. I'm so impressed and proud of how you have carried on and honored your late bride in such a wonderful way. Ted Bear, a joy to have you. Talk to us about where God is working in Hollywood. You said it. I grew up in the entertainment industry. We're blessed beyond our wildest dreams. I was a left-wing commie pinko rat, and you know that because you and I have traveled together. And then, you know, back in 1974, some uh, wonderful women had come to Christ who Billy Graham challenged me to read the Bible. I read the Bible. God turned me around in the middle of Matthew. Actually, it was during the Begats. Imagine the Begats brought me to Christ. If all of those <laughs> Begats, because I love history. And I said, this is real history. This is a real person. And immediately God said, you have to turn the industry around. And I went to a mainline cemetery, in, I mean, seminary in New York. And they elected me head of the organization that did The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe on CBS television, which had 37 million viewers. And um, I said, there has to be something else we could do. So I found out that in the golden age of Hollywood, the church used to monitor Hollywood and do a... Uh, movie reviews and those movie reviews were very successful we're now up to 89 million people a month not just looking at and clicking but actually coming to movie guide and we help parents help their children to choose the good and reject the bad but we also collect data so i'm going to give you a little bit of data jim just to set your life in a good direction of the top 10 movies last year 80 percent had strong or very strong Christian redemptive content. Now, why is that? That's not because Hollywood suddenly has, a lot of people come to our gala and come to Christ, but it's because people in the hinterland are voting for the good. For instance, <laughs> you know, when you have Captain Pete Mar Maravick and uh, in Maverick and the Maverick Top Gun, you have some of the greatest movies last year, but this year it's been amazing. Um, Super Mario Brothers. Have you seen Super Mario Brothers? I have not. Okay, Super Mario Brothers, the devil is trying to court the bride of Christ, the church. And he actually has a sea of fire. It looks like the book of Revelations. And he's suspending people and dipping them into the sea of fire. It is the devil. He looks like the devil. And actually, so heaven fights against the devil. A wonderful allegory, just like The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, done by a good friend of mine that did $1,200,000,000 at the box office. And the next one, Guardians of the Galaxy, there's a doctor who's trying to trans people. He's the villain. He thinks he's God. He's told that he's not God. He's told that there is a God. And, uh, and they save the children at the end of the movie. So there's a lot of movies that are going on that the biggest movies have very good, positive content. I could go through each one of them, but it would take a long time. Well, let me look at some of the figures here for last year. 
70% of the top 10 movies overseas had strong Christian content. 0% of the top 10 had R-rated content. That means it doesn't matter if they make them, people don't go to them. Do you understand? This means that the audience is not voting for them. Of the top 25 movies, movies with positive Christian content did $412 million on average at the box office. Pagan content did half that amount. Occult content did one-fourth of what Christian movies do. Are you listening? This is... So in other words, by making a movie with strong Christian content, you make four times the box office that you do if you're adding pagan content. And if you put humanist content, they didn't make anything in the top 25. False religion didn't make anything in the top 25. And, um, you know, perversion didn't make anything. And Pat Boone, my good friend, has come to most of our Movie Guide Awards. I think he's come to all of them, actually and is one of my closest friends, but he sees these figures every year. The more sex you put into a movie, the less money it makes. I've got these charts. If anybody wants to see them, we analyze 100% of the movies that open on 750 movies, theaters or more. We look at 150 uh, different criteria from ontology to epistemology to semantics to syntactics. And all of that means, uh-oh, sorry about that. And all of that just means that we are very accurate. And a lot of people that are our friends in Hollywood, I'm going to meet one of them this week. He was making really bad movies. He came to the Movie God Award. He said, I can make movies that my kids can watch. Great. And now he's doing most of the best movies on GAC. We see a, a friend of mine who made 150 scripts and did the number one series on ABC Muslim, came to Christ. He's now making Christian movies, positive movies that were number one at the box office. So we see a lot of good changes taking place, Jim. We're very happy about it. And that's because God is working. And people out in the hinterland don't want the bad. You know, I see these articles about why Disney is losing money. Disney is not losing money for all the reasons they're saying. It's losing money because it's went woke. And if you go woke, you're going to go broke. They've got to return Iger's got to return them to sense and sensibility and stop putting in characters that are perverse that people don't want. So, Jim, do you have any more questions about this? Yeah, among, among producers, directors, actors and such, is there a general awareness of what you just described? Is that commonly known? We do get some of the biggest producers, writers, directors. How do I know? Because these are the people that make the top box office movies and they come to our Movie God Awards. And like the man I'm having lunch with um, on Tuesday, they are the number one producers, writers, and directors. So if they make good movies, we, you know, a lot of people go and look for Christian filmmakers to promote. We don't do that. We look at the best movies with the most positive Christian content. It's like throwing out a net, Jim. And then we invite the people to the gala and we'll get people like last year, you know, with Lord of the Rings, the series on Amazon, the Rings of Power, the head of that division of Amazon got up and gave his testimony. Uh, we have been to your movie gala and it is, it is stunning. It is absolutely stunning. Uh, tell people a little bit about that. Tell them your, your website, tell them about the Movie Guide magazine. Okay, well, you can come to movieguide.org, www.movieguide.org, and if you email me, info, info at movieguide.org, I will give you 
a little booklet on these charts with uh, the analysis of the movies. Uh, we also, uh, of course, are on radio and TV, so we do that. But we're here to help people. We're here to help people choose the good and reject the bad. And the Movie God Gala is what we see from looking at all these movies, seeing the best movies, inviting them to come. And we have great conversations with people. Jim, so, quite often there are discussions about a uh, thing like neo-Pelagianism. <laughs> so, Jerry Bruckheimer and I had a long discussion about Pelagianism. But you have the capacity to lead that kind of a discussion. <laughs> Very so, theologically sophisticated man. I know that for a fact. I, I told him he should talk to you. So, <laughs> But, you know, we're, it's always been the best of times and the worst of times. I'm, I'm reading America's book about the Bible in the 1800s. Boy, during the Civil War and afterwards, the hate between divisions. You know, the Wesleyans split off from the Methodists because they thought the Methodists were going woke. And uh, they were going woke, as a matter of fact. They were adopting German higher criticism. So this is not new. But God is always raising up people. He wrote, you know, he he got you to be one of the prime people in the church. He got Marielle, who's prayed for us. We got Pat Boone. We got oh, wonderful people. And the thing is, there are a lot of people inside the industry. When I went to the uh, meeting for Sing Two, you had uh, Bono, who was there, who gave his testimony. You had the stars who gave their testimony testimonies christian testimonies solid christian testimonies this is the biggest one of the biggest movies of the year so jim it's not all lost you know it's like uh, the prophet said he i'm the last one well no there are seven thousand that haven't bowed the knee and there are lots of them and we need to encourage those people and find more and bring them to christ and that's what we're doing and i want you to come to the movie god awards this year february 9th we not have to get jim garlow there February 9th, Movie Guide Awards. Let's get let's get that get on the calendar. We haven't been there for a while. And I'm and tell Pat Boone, because I love Pat. I'll tell, well, I'm gonna he's he's on, he's watching you right now. He'll be on, he'll be on next. Uh Ted, can I tell them the story about Northampton, Massachusetts? Yeah, you tell it a little differently than I do, so I gotta tell well, I, my version after. I, I, I give the correct version. No, <laughs> I give the correct version. But you know, there is a better version than your version and my version. It's God's version. <laughs> God's version is, I'll give my side of the story first, because, you know, we went down to Northampton and we were looking, (laughs) okay, I'll let you start, and we were looking for the grave, and you're you're trying to find the grave uh, of Jonathan Edwards, and you're of the great revivalist, and the town is just empty, and it's right near a gas station, and I was thinking in my mind, so, so I know the way you're going to say it, but I, what I was thinking is, here you have one of the greatest revivals, the Great Awakening, and it burned over and nothing is left from it. And that's the problem. We can't count on the past. We have to go forth in the future to spread the gospel, which is what you're doing, and to bring revival. We, can have, we can't ever rest on our laurels. So that was my point. There's nothing here. The past is gone. We've got to look toward the future and bring people to Christ. Okay, now you spiritualized it. And I can't even tell my story. But I'll, I'll, I'll tell it, and then we're going to go to Pat Boone so he can hear. But, but we were both speaking in Northampton, Massachusetts. This is where in 1737, the Great Revival broke out. First Great Awakening under Jonathan Edwards. Is, um, 
his, his grandfather, Solomon Stoddard, Solomon Stoddard, had been the pastor there for like 59 years. And they prayed for revival. And they had a small harvest. Well, then it broke out, really broke out. And the way it broke out was he preached a sermon called Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. Great sermon. So uh, Massachusetts and Connecticut state lines were different then. But we went to, I think it was Enfield, Connecticut. Ted and I were traveling together. And we went down there. And we got down there to Enfield, Connecticut. And I knew we had, our taxi was driving us. I said, sir, you, got, we got, you can't get driving until we find this. I want to find this location where he preached it. And sure enough, it was just a normal intersection with a gas station. And there was low shrubs. And I was looking around there. I said, there's a marker. There's got to be a marker. But I pulled back some shrubs. And there was the marker. Here's where Jonathan Edwards preached the great sermon, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God on such and such a date. And I was just in ecstasy. I was Oh, this is the place. And over my left shoulder, look, and Ted was saying, there's nothing here. <laughs> right. Because it didn't last. Because we can never live in the past. We have to live in the present and bring people to Christ, which is what you're doing with your show. I love your show and I love your emails and I love oh. what you do, Jim. Oh, thank you. And then we, you and I went to the Beinecke uh, Historical Library on the Yale University campus where you were going to speak. Uh, later that day, and we went and the, yeah. the archivist opened up, and we actually saw the handwritten letter, I mean, the handwritten sermon by Jonathan Edwards of the sermon, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. It was fabulous. And we saw it. That was a very moving, moving moment. Well, Ted, I'm so grateful you were on. I want everybody to go to uh, uh, movieguide.org, and you can go to info at movieguide.org, and he can send you some excellent material. And then, boy, watch for that gala February night. This is a, that's a big, big deal. Ted, we're going to go right. Is there anything else I need to ask you before I go to your friend, Pat Boone? No, but let me tell you that I love both of you, and I'm grateful for Rosemary, who got your life back together when you went through the pain and suffering that you went through, that I went through. And um, I thank you for your prayers. You've given me a lot of prayers, and I support you 100%. And just remember, we're here to support you. And the good news I'm surprised because God has gotten it up to 89 million people a month. That movie got 89 million people a month. And that's, that's not people who click on it. That's people who stay on it. We, we look at them. We talk to them. They're there for us. So go to movieguide.org and find out how you can make a difference in the life of your children. Oh, my goodness. Ted, thank you so much. I just love you and bless you. You're one of the most affirming brothers I've ever met. We love you. Bless you. Thank you. Thank you. you, you my, it's one of my 17 grandchildren's birthday. So I know you heard her screaming earlier. My <laughs> birthday. What are you doing? <laughs> you go off and go to that right now. We're going to go to your friend, Pat Boone, all of our friends. We're pray for you. Okay. Bye -bye. Yes. Bless you, my brother. Bye. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please read the show notes for additional details if you would like a copy of the book or resources mentioned. Remember that WellVersed is a 501c3 tax-deductible nonprofit organization. We rely on your support and partnership. Don't forget to hit subscribe to keep up to date with our latest episodes. Leave us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. Thank you for listening to the WellVersed podcast. For more information, please go to www.wellversedworld.org.